0: There's always something powerful about Advent for me. It's a season of waiting, waiting and watching. And what's funny about it is I love Advent, but I hate waiting. I hate waiting at the doctor's office. I really hate waiting at the doctor's office because first you wait in the waiting area, and then they call you into the office, and then you have to wait there too. They trick you. I hate waiting in line. I'm still scarred, I think, from when I waited to see St. John Paul II, the viewing of the body, and stood 13 hours in line. I hate waiting for others when they're late. We had a band teacher, God rest his soul, he passed away early in life, but he always had a saying early is on time, on time is late. I hate waiting for stoplights. Hey, waiting for stop signs, hey, waiting for people who are slow. <laughs> but waiting, I mean, it's just an integral part of our life. We try to busy ourselves so much so we don't have to wait. And we shouldn't be surprised that waiting is an integral part of the faith as well. Most people, however, will jump right over this season. It is like the Great Forgotten Season. The minute Thanksgiving is over, we are already focused on Christmas. I got a, somebody put a little thing on my door up on my apartment and it said, Merry Christmas, Father Waltz. I'm like, it, it's not even Advent. It was December 1st. Like I'm looking for a happy Advent, Father Waltz. <clears throat> I'm sure I'll have 400 stickers tomorrow. <laughs> Christmas starts December 25th. That's the season. But Jesus seems to tell us in the gospel that it's more than just waiting. Well, we have to be alert, and we have to to be alert, and we have to be watchful as we wait. Part of me is kind of cynical when I was praying through these readings. You know, I was sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, okay. We've been preparing for a long time, 2,000 years But then I also had this kind of thought, like, what if he came right now? And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. And then that got me on, this is the way my mind works, that got me on to, like, maybe I should just watch people getting surprised. So I got on YouTube. And I started watching surprise videos. Which are hilarious. (laughs) One of them, uh, they put a, a can of firecrackers next to his head while he was sleeping. And another one, a guy tried to sneak up on his girlfriend with a mask on and she punched him in the face. And none of them really were, you know, they didn't resonate with the great season of Advent. <clears throat> so until I got to the videos of, uh, I'm sure you've seen them, but you know, like when the military men and women come home and they surprise somebody. And those were touching. And I got to thinking, what if, what if I'm reading this whole thing wrong, the wrong way? Like, like, the way I was reading it is the Lord is like, be alert, be watchful. Because you don't know when I'm going to come. And you better be ready. What if he doesn't mean it like that? What if he, he's not trying to catch us? But he's trying to surprise us. With joy, with love. Maybe we're reading the whole thing wrong. A buddy of mine went elk hunting a couple months ago, or a month ago. And I promise this will be my last hunting story, but we're in the hunting season, so. He's a pretty avid hunter, but he'd never shot an elk. He told me this story. He wasn't properly prepared for his hunt. He had the wrong gun. It wasn't big enough for an elk. He had the wrong scope. It wasn't wasn't powerful enough for a long shot. And on his last day, he, five days of hunting, didn't even see an elk. So he was a little cynical. And on his last day, he got up really early to get out to the blind. And on his way there, he took a wrong turn. He ended up on the other side of the property. So then he had to gun. He had to bust it all the way back around and get to where he was. And by the time he got there, like the sun was just about coming up. And so he didn't even go to the blind. He's like, "It's, it's pointless now. This is stupid. I'm not even going to go to the blind. I'm just going to go to this. There's a little shack that's about three, four hundred miles from the blind, or yards from the blind." That'd be a long ways. <laughs> and it's heated, so you didn't want to sit in the cold, so you get in this little heated shack. and So he's sitting there, he opens up the door, knocks over the trash can, everything goes flying, bottles are banging. Now for these of you that don't hunt, it's like the smallest bit of noise. And deer are gone, and elk are even more crafty than deer. So you, you just can't make any noise, and he's slamming stuff around, and he's like, what the heck? Then he's like picking stuff up and he's like, all of a sudden my stomach started cramping. He's like, oh no, I gotta go to the bathroom. Now here's second thing you don't wanna do when you're hunting is, you know, animals can smell you. So you probably don't wanna go to the bathroom. But he's like, I got no choice. So he runs outside, does his business, comes running back in, knocks his bag off of the table. Everything falls all over. he's like, it's like quarter to eight. He's like, this is stupid. This is a gong show of a hunt. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm totally unprepared." <clears throat> and he said, I was so mad, I started. I packed up everything into my backpack, had unloaded my gun. And he's like, you know what, principle, I'm just gonna stay here till eight, because it's a nice morning. And he said five to eight, he looked out and he saw a little buck on his far side. And all of a sudden the deer just took off at top speed and he was trying to follow it. And all of a sudden he looked back and he said, three bull elk came over the top of the ridge, running down the side. And he said, then there were 10, and then there were 30, and then there were 80, and then there was like 120 elk just barreling down the side of this mountain. So he, no, this is the best part, he doesn't have anything. <laughs> he's getting his rangefinder, he's loading his gun, getting ready, gets him at like 500 yards, clocks him, shoots and shoots and shoots and shoots. Hits one, maybe the thing hobbles off. Tracked him for three hours, didn't find a thing. He was so mad. (laughs) So He's still mad, as a matter of fact. (laughs) That's why he was telling me this story. And he said to me, he said, Father, what on earth? He's like, "I'm I'm a believer, but what on earth is God trying to teach me through this? And I said to him, I said, if you're so mad about missing an elk, Think about how mad you'll be if you miss eternal life. You were totally unprepared for this hunt. And maybe the Lord is asking you, are you prepared for your death? Are you ready? Because make no mistake about it, he's coming. It scared the hell out of him. Literally. Literally. My brothers and sisters, this Advent season, the church is trying to get us ready for an incredible event, to shake us out of the ordinariness of our lives that we've gotten into. Thank God for the liturgical seasons, to get us back on track so that we won't be caught off guard when Christ returns, but rather we will be overwhelmed with love. Like my hope is when he comes that I, like, I just run to him. But we won't do that if we're not prepared. We'll run away in fear. May Jesus' surprise knock at the door not inspire anxiety or inconvenience in your lives for lack of preparation, but rather may it inspire joy and love that his love has finally broken through into your life. Enter into this time of preparation, deeply, so that you will be ready for His Advent at Christmas. Be watchful. Be alert. He may come at any time, but maybe when you least expect it.